You're listening to the teaching ministry of Queen City First Baptist Church, where friends become family. For more information, log on to www.fbcqc.org. Hey, let me tell you a funny uh, going bold story this week, and uh, we're going to be uh, hopefully sharing more of these with you through the series. Um, trying to remember exactly which day it was. It may have been Thursday. Um, I up and decided that I was going to wear my Going Bold t-shirt. I mean, fluorescent orange, cannot miss it. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's bright and bold, and uh, it, that's what it's supposed to be. And I also decided that since I had a, a pair of fluorescent orange tennis shoes that I wear to the gym quite often, they matched my shirt perfectly. I thought, hey, why not? So I'll wear my bright orange shoes. And so I said something to my wife about it, and she goes, well, What's the big deal? And I said, well, I'm, I've got to make a couple of hospital visits. That's kind of the big deal. And normally I wouldn't, you know, go quite like this. And, but I thought, hey, why not? You know, and so I go and I'm, I'm thinking, uh, you know, no big deal. Well, as I'm, I'm leaving the hospital, I'd gone to visit Joe Stringer down there. And uh, I, w- I was leaving the hospital. And uh, I'm coming up the hallway to leave the, the hospital here in Atlanta. And uh, here comes a group of suits. Like high-powered executives from Krista St. Michael's, right? I mean, they're like, you know, in town for meetings and all this kind of stuff. Well, that, that wasn't the worst part. You know, I, I just kind of held back and I was going to let them kind of pass, you know, and then I was going to, you know, slip on out or whatever. Melissa Kimball, I love Melissa Kimball. She has to stop me and go, Brother Mike, hey, I want y'all to meet my pastor. And so she called. Anyway, I stand, and so one of the guys, I guess he's the vice president of something. I don't remember what it was exactly, but uh, he said he liked my color coordination anyway. And so any, uh, the long, uh, make a long story short, I got to share with him kind of about the going bold challenge and how it's all working for us. And obviously going bold is much more than putting on a bright t-shirt and some bright tennis shoes, right? Uh, going bold is much more than uh, posting something on social media. Uh, that's a great thing. In fact, you may not realize this, but this thing has reached to other states. I mean, there are people in my sister's church who are doing the Going Bold Challenge, and they're listening to the services, uh, listening to the messages online or on podcast and those kind of things. If you're not up to speed, maybe you weren't here last week, uh, Going Bold is the the title of our new Sunday morning series. And uh, we looked at a definition last week. We uh, unpacked this definition from Acts chapter 4. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 4. We're going back there again this morning. Let's look at that definition because I want you to remember this. Again, my hope is that you'll have this memorized by the end of this series of messages. Going bold is an unashamed commitment to Christ resulting in radical obedience without regard for personal comfort or convenience. The going bold challenge uh, involves the next 40 days or the 40 days leading up to Thanksgiving. We're a, a week into it now. Uh, you can jump in any time, uh, just because you didn't get to do the first week maybe, or you missed a day or two, jump in and, uh, and have some fun with this. It's simple things. Uh, today's challenge, I believe, is to uh, ask somebody or ask three people how you can pray for them. And that should be fairly simple. I mean, before you leave church today, all you got to do is ask three people, hey, how can I pray for you right now? Uh, it's that simple. You write it down and you commit to pray for them. And so it's, it's things like that. One of the day's challenges uh, this past week was uh, to write an encouraging note to somebody who's been an encouragement to you. And uh, a number of people have done that. In fact, I was the recipient of some of those gracious notes. And uh, it certainly was encouraging to me. And I got to, to send one off myself. And so uh, going bold is an unashamed commitment to Christ resulting in radical obedience without regard for personal comfort or convenience. And you'll remember that we gave you uh, last week uh, kind of a a diagnosis, a spiritual as it were, 
I'm not going to give you all ten of those statements, but uh, I want to remind you, uh, one of them was this. If the best days of your Christian journey are a distant memory, then you need to go bold. If prayer is not a vital part of your life as a professing Christian, then you need to go bold. If you give very little thought to the eternal destiny of those around you, then you need to go bold. Those are just some of the things that we discussed last week uh, in light of this whole going bold concept and what it means for us. I hope and pray that you will choose to go bold. Now, I, I said that on purpose because today we're talking about making a decision. This whole going bold thing involves making decisions. Uh, every time I conduct a wedding, uh, I, of course, require premarital counseling. And one of the things that I make certain uh, young couples understand is that just because you have made one decision to ask her to marry you and she made the decision to say yes and that's what's led you to this point and now you're at your wedding day and all those sorts of things, I, you've got to understand that is something that has to be redecided every day. I mean, it's easy to stand at the front of a church and say a few words, but you've got to redecide every day from that day forward uh, that you're committed to one another. And that's the way it is with going bold. We're not talking about just a one-time poof, big-time decision. Uh, every day, every day. That's why we're doing a daily challenge, because the Christian life is lived out day by day by day, moment by moment. Uh, and we all know that, that sometimes it's a bit like a roller coaster. There's times when you're like, woo, this is awesome, this is great. And then sometimes you feel like you're down here and things aren't going so well and the enemy seems to be working overtime on you and, and it's an uphill climb and it's kind of difficult. And, and, and so day by day by day, you've got to make bold decisions. You've got to take bold steps. You've got to decide, am I going to today be committed to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? And is that commitment going to result in radical obedience? And am I going to choose to obey even if it's not convenient for me? Even if it makes me a bit uncomfortable, am I going to choose to, uh, to make that kind of commitment? That's what going bold is all about. Now, last week we looked primarily at Acts chapter 4, verse 13. I want you to see that verse again. We're kind of laying a foundation here and we're building on that foundation. Remember, we've got Peter and John. Uh, they've been involved in a guy who was uh, paralyzed from birth. Now he's uh, 40 years old, Scripture tells us. Uh, they've been a part of his healing uh, and it says, and now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, it's talking about the religious leaders of the day, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. That's exciting. And again, wouldn't it be great if people could say of us, hey, he's been with Jesus. She has been with Jesus. It's not that we want them to marvel at our giftedness or our talents or, or anything that we've done. We want people to say, hey, they've been with Jesus. They've spent time in the Word. They've spent time communicating with the Lord in prayer. We want to make much of Jesus. That's what it's all about. Going bold is not about so people can go, oh, look at me. Look what I've done. It's, it's, look to my Lord. That's why Scripture says when we're doing the things that God wants us to do, uh, let your light so shine before men, go bold, that they may see your good works and what? And glorify your Father which is in heaven. So it's not about putting a spotlight on ourselves. It's about doing the things that God's called us to do, demands that we do, so that the spotlight is on, on Him. That's what it's all about. So 
Uh, verse 13 tells us that, that their boldness uh, was, was seen. It was, it was evident. And because of that, they realized that they had been with Jesus. There's something different about these guys. It was not their education. It wasn't their fancy words or anything like that. Uh, no, they're just ordinary guys. But they've been with Jesus. And that's what made all the difference in the world. Now, I want you to move down to verses 18 through 20. Because they were facing some opposition here now. Remember I told you, virtually every time you find the concept of going bold in Scripture and stepping forward in boldness or courage, which is this kind of the same idea, it is typically in the face of opposition or in the face of adversity. That's the reason that someone has to say, I'm going to take a bold, courageous step. Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, David, a number of examples that we can think of in Scripture. So look at verse 18. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. rut -row. Now they're faced with a decision, right? It doesn't say here that they suggested that they not speak or teach in the name of Jesus. No, no, the word used here in the New King James is they commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Decision time. Decision time. Are, are we going to back up? Or, or are we going to run and hide? Or are we going to zip it like, like we've been told to do? Or are we going to go bold? Are we going to go bold? You'll notice this is not a time for indecision. This is not a time for Peter and John to ride the fence. This is not a time for Peter and John to be wishy-washy. This is not a time for them to be double-minded. You know, Scripture tells us, James tells us, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. This was not a time for them to kind of be wavering. Well, you know, I, let, let's, okay, let, let, let's talk about Jesus, but let's be a bit more timid about it, okay? Maybe, maybe keep it on the down low. What, what is that? It, it's time for a bold decision. It's time to take bold steps here. And so what does it say in verse 19? But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. And here's their decision. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We're going bold. We're going bold. And again, if you continue to read down through the rest of this chapter, you see there in verse 29, their prayer. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. It tells us in verse 31, they prayed. The place where they assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. They didn't stop, did they? They didn't back down, did they? They were not content to ride the fence. They were not wishy-washy. No, they made a bold decision. And, and, and as a result, they went bold. They, they were going bold here. There, there's a number of other places in Scripture that we can think of that uh, this, kind of, uh, this kind of moment comes, you might say. We think of Joshua. Go to, uh, well, you don't have to turn there. It's going to be on the screen there for you. Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. Joshua, the great leader that God raised up uh, to lead the children of Israel after Moses. Uh, at this point in, uh, in the story, uh, in the context of Joshua 24, he's nearing the end of his life. Uh, and this is kind of one of those uh, line-in-the-sand moments. Uh, and Joshua is challenging the people of Israel, make a decision. We sometimes say, get on or get off. Get off high center. 
Get off the fence. Don't be wishy-washy about it. Make a decision. Choose you this day. Now here's the context. It says, now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And then notice what he says next in verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, here it is. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Choose. Make a decision. It, it, it can't be, well, both and, either or. No, no, he's saying, make a decision. Choose this day whom you'll serve. Whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Hey, but here's the deal. As for me and my house, we've made a decision. We're going to live out our commitment. We're going bold. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's not a guy who's sitting on the fence, is it? That's not a guy who's walking on the edge of commitment. No, no, no. This is a guy who said, you know what? You got to choose. You got to make a decision. You got to make a commitment. We're living in a day when few people want to make commitments. They don't want to be really committed to anything. It's like, well, I'm kind of, you know, non-committal. You know, I, I, I just, I don't know. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Double-minded. And then we think of 1 Kings chapter 18. You know the story there of, uh, of old Ahab, the evil king, and Jezebel. And man, you got... Uh, it, it, it's just amazing here. Elijah the prophet, and they've got this showdown on Mount Carmel and, uh, with, the, with the gods, uh, the, the Baals, and all this thing. In, in, in verse 21 there, 1 Kings chapter 18, it says, And Elijah came to all the people and said... Here it is. Essentially, he's saying, get off the fence. He's saying, hey, hey, make a decision. Decide once and for all. How long will you falter between two opinions? How long will you falter between two opinions? How long are you going to be content to limp along between two opinions? How long are you going to ride the fence, is what he's saying. If the Lord is God... Follow him. Choose. Make a decision. Get off the fence. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Make a commitment. That's what going bold is, right? It's an unashamed commitment to Christ. It's a commitment. It's to make a decision. It's to decide once and for all. I'm going to live out in my life a bold commitment to Jesus Christ. I'm not going to be on the fence. I'm not going to be wishy-washy about it. And, and for some of you, it may be that first initial decision to trust Christ. I, I, I got a pretty good idea that if you've been around church very long, you've heard the gospel. You know what the word gospel means. You, you, you know what, how, how to be saved, perhaps. But again, knowing how to get to Cincinnati doesn't mean you're in Cincinnati. Knowing how to be saved doesn't mean you're saved. There's some who need to get off the fence, take a bold step of faith, and trust Jesus Christ once and for all. Up to this point, you've been like, well, I, yeah, I, I know I need to do that. I, I, I'm trying to be good. And so, so you've got this kind of thing going on, and this guy, and you're back and forth, and you go through. Make a decision. Make a decision for Christ. Give up on your own righteousness, because the Bible says you can't be good enough anyway. Make a decision. Get off the fence. Take that step of faith. And many of you can think back to the time when you had to do that. 
Maybe there had been a period of your life where maybe you'd been exposed to the gospel. You, you heard the, the plan of salvation and, and, and well, you had some questions maybe and there's some things that you were wrestling inside and with trying to make that decision. But you can remember when, when on that, that one particular day or that evening or, or wherever it was or whenever it was, you, you made that decision and you made that commitment of your life to Jesus Christ. Make a decision. There are three things that I want you to notice today. Very important to uh, us going bold. That's this. Number one, indecision leads to instability. Indecision leads to instability. I mean, I mean, when somebody's on the fence, what we're saying is they, they could go either way, right? <laughs> Things could go either way here. When we say that somebody's wishy-washy, we know what that means. Well, they're just, they're non-committal. You know, and, 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 and man, who wants somebody who's wishy-washy on their team? You know, it's like, boy, they, but they can't really make a decision. Are they with us or are they not? Are they on? Are they off? Are they, you know, what, what's going on here? Indecision leads to instability. Now, this is something I think most of you can identify with. Your family gets in the car and, and you've already determined you're going to go out to eat. But you don't know exactly where just yet. You know what I'm talking about? And so the question is asked, where are we going? I'm usually, in my family, I'm usually the one who asks the question, where, where, where are we going? I'm usually the one driving, so I need to know, where are we going? And you know what I get a lot of the time? Nothing. Or I get a lot of, don't matter to me. I, I don't care. Now I can say, hey, sweetheart, let's go Chinese. No, no, wait, wait, you, you just said you didn't care, it didn't matter. No, no, but there, there, there's discussion, it's batted back and forth. All the while, as the driver, I'm sitting there going, I need to know where we're going so I can know which direction to turn, right? That's exactly what happens in life. If you're content to, to live life on the fence, it leads to instability. You don't know which direction to turn because you won't make a decision. Because you won't get off high center. Because you won't get off the fence. Because you won't choose once and for all who you're going to serve. Well, am I going to serve my, myself? Because yeah, we can read the Old Testament story. Well, I would never serve Baal and, you know, I mean, the gods of the Amorites and all that stuff. I'm not going to worship idols, Brother Mike. I mean, I believe in... No, no, but we're real quick to serve ourselves and our own selfish desires and our own selfish wants and to operate in, in, in the bubble of convenience and, and, and com you know, comfort. That's we have to make a decision. Indecision leads to instability. When you don't know which direction to go, it's because you, you haven't made a decision once and for all. Make a decision for Christ. Make a decision to serve Christ. It's that unashamed commitment to Christ that results in radical obedience. Now, a lot of times we want people to think we're committed, but, but when, when it's really time to, to, to take a bold step and to take a bold step that results in radical obedience, it's a different story. Or to take a bold step of, of radical obedience that's going to take me out of my comfort zone, then it's a different story. Then we become kind of indecisive. Well, I just don't know if I can... You know, that's, that's asking a lot. So a, a lot of people are living uh, lives of instability in their Christian walk. They're not on, on firm ground because they won't make a decision. Indecision leads to instability. I would say one of the things that Satan loves most, and he, he loves to, to stir up most among believers, is inconsistency. 
J- just plain old inconsistency. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not an avid golfer. In fact, I've, I play very seldom anymore. I, I've got plenty of other stuff to do nowadays in my life. But um, there was a time when I played a little more golf than I do now. And uh, one of the things that uh, one of my friends told me who was a, a very good golfer, he was what you call a scratch golfer pretty much, he said, well, you, you've got to play enough uh, that you get some consistency in your game. Because if there was a scouting report on Mike Lovely as a golfer, it would read something like this. Has the ability to drive the ball 250 plus yards. Has the ability at times to hit the ball straight 250 yards. His mid-game is, is pretty good on some days. Has had periods when, when he putted the ball fairly well. In fact, some days when he, he was brilliant on the green, so, some days, but overall, he's an inconsistent golfer. Inconsistent. Oh, oh there's times I, I, can, I, I can hit a shot and think, I, I want to take my hat off and tip it to the crowd almost. It's like, PGA, here I come, you know? One of those kind of shots. But the next one? It may tail off into the next county. I, I, you know, it, there's inconsistency. If you were to read the scattering report on a lot of athletes, you would find the same thing. Handles the ball well, can drive, penetrate, distribute the ball to, to teammates. When it comes to shooting the ball from the outside, inconsistent shooter. Streaky. It has periods where shoots the ball really well, but then other times, not so much. Hey, how about a kicker? You think there are any NFL teams out there looking for a kicker who, who can hit like 49% of his field goals? Probably not. That, that's, that's not a real good percentage. What that tells you is that kicker's not very consistent. Consistency. And a lot of people struggle with that. Oh, if most of us were honest and, and we really took a hard look at our, at our Christian journey, we would say, well, there were periods where I was really on fire. There were periods where, I mean, I was living in obedience and I was, stri- I was taking a lot of bold steps for God. I was living in radical obedience during that period of my life. But then there's other stretches where not so much. I've been inconsistent. Indecision leads to instability. You'll also find this number two. Instability leads to ineffectiveness. Instability leads to ineffectiveness. When I was a kid, it was, uh, I guess, early 80s, late 70s. I can remember going to uh, the skating rink in Garland, Texas, where I grew up. Uh, Skateland, it was called. And, uh, boy, a lot of people went to the skating rink back in that day. And I, and I know there was one around here at one time. And, uh, those, they're not so popular anymore, but uh, it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a great thing to go to the skating rink. And because I went to a private Christian school, we would often go for field trips or incentives and things of that nature. And, and, and there, was, there was one particular song that they played, and it was, it was a participatory kind of song. And I want to I play just a bit of it for you this morning and see if you maybe recognize it. Listen to this. Some of y'all have done the hokey pokey, haven't you? I can tell. You're in church and you're thinking, should I really be nodding my head right now to this song? I almost want to stand up and put my right arm in and put my right arm out. And 
You know, you may think, Pastor, that is so silly. Yeah, it really is. In fact, I, I did a little research this week and discovered uh, kind of the history of that song, the Hokey Pokey. It, it doesn't have a rich history of meaning and depth and anything like that. It's just kind of a silly song. That's pretty much what it is. He said, what in the world does that have to do with going bold? I, I believe this. Satan loves for Christians to be hokey pokey Christians. He loves for us to be hokey pokey Christians. Sometimes I'm in, sometimes I'm out. Part of me's in, part of me's out. Part of me's in, I shake it all about, a little activity, and then I turn myself around and that's what it's all about. Did you ever just think to yourself, is that really what it's all about? I hope not. Hokey pokey, that's hokey pokey Christianity. And if you know that song, you know that you go through these various parts, your elbow in, your elbow out, your foot in, your foot out. And then at one point in the song, we would always go, you put your whole self in, and then what? You put your whole self out. Well, what's in? I mean, do you ever wonder what that is? I mean, we would normally get in a big circle there in the skating rink, and I'll be honest with you, I, I struggled with the song because I wasn't a good enough skater to do. There were some people that could just spin around on their skates, you know, turn yourself around. I would be like, I'm that guy that was doing this, you know? <laughs> That's, that's what Satan wants. He wants us to sometimes be committed. A part of me, I, 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 Lord, I'll give you a part of me. I, I, I'm all in, but then I'm out. But then I'm in, and, and, but then I'm out. And, but then I, there's sometimes I want to have my whole self in. I, I'm all in for you. I'm going bold. But then there's other times I'm out. And there's times I'm going through a lot, of, a lot of activity, and it looks good. But really, ultimately, I'm just trying to turn myself around. And that's what it's all about. That's hokey pokey Christianity. That's what that is. And there's a whole lot of that going on today. Sometimes I'm committed. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm not. Hokey pokey. Instability leads to ineffectiveness. It's that whole inconsistency thing again. If you refuse to make a decision, if you refuse to get off the fence, then you're going to be ineffective. Nobody knows. Can you be counted on? I'm not sure. I, I, well, they're just kind of you know, wavering. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Instability, inconsistency leads to ineffectiveness. And then notice this, number three. Ineffectiveness leads to defeat. Ineffectiveness leads to defeat. I want you to think of it like this. C consider this important truth. Your level of effectiveness as a believer is found in direct proportion to your level of commitment. Let me put it down where we live. If you're wishy-washy and inconsistent in your Bible study, you're probably not going to grow a whole lot. If you're wishy-washy, you're inconsistent at best in your prayer life. You're not going to grow in intimacy with the Lord. If you're wishy-washy and inconsistent in your witness, you're going to see very few people come to Christ. If you're wishy-washy and inconsistent in any area of your Christian life, whether it be your giving, your service, whatever it may be, if you're non-committal, you're going to be ineffective. And when you're ineffective as a Christian, 
when you will not take a bold step of faith, when you will not make a decision, when you won't get off the fence, when you won't draw that line in the sand and say with Joshua, as for me, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Then you're inconsistent. You're not stable in your Christian walk. You're ineffective, and that leads to living a life of defeat. Think of it this way. What if your car started with the same consistency that you walk with the Lord? So let's say that on a typical week, you read your Bible three out of seven days. All right? And it's, it's hit and miss. I mean, it's when you get a chance, when, you, you know, when it's convenient, when, when it's not, you know, then, you, then you know, you're going to get in the Word a little bit. Well, that, I, I'm not a mathematician, but I know that's like 40-something percent, right? Three out of seven days? That, that's, that's not even really half. Okay, so you're, you're hovering around 40-something. What if your car started 40-some percent of the time? Most of us would be doing something about it. Most of us would not be satisfied with a car that starts only 40-some percent of the time. We just wouldn't. That, that, that wouldn't be acceptable. I, you can't, you'd say, but I, I, can't, I can't live with this. Something has to be done. There's got to be something wrong with my vehicle. If it only starts like 40% of the time, if I can only count on it to start 40% of the time, what are we doing here? I've got to take this thing to the shop. It needs some work. For those of you who are still in the workforce, what if you showed up for work with the same dedication and the same consistency that you walked with the Lord? Let's say in your walk with the Lord, you know, you're, you're kind of hit and miss. It's, you know, you can't find that zone where you're consistent. And so, you know, 65, 70% of the time, you know, you, you got it going on. But where's that 35% that's just, just can't make that decision? I just can't seem to draw that line in the sand. I just can't seem to, to, to be that fully committed. What if it was that way at work? Think back when you were in the workforce. What if you showed up 65% of the time? You think you still have a job? Nope. You wouldn't. You would, you'd be, at least be called in and written up, right? And if it wasn't corrected, pretty soon, you're going to get a pink slip. You're done. We, we can't have this, this, this kind. Why is it within the Christian life, we're content to live non-committal kind of lives? There's a huge difference, by the way, in knowing what you need to do, what you should do, and actually doing it. I mean, we're, we're all people of good intentions, right? I mean, how many of us have, have, have thought about, I, I need to, to, to work on my fitness. I, I need to exercise more. I need to do a diet. But, but there's a huge difference between knowing you need to do that and actually doing it, right? That's true in a lot of areas of life. And it's especially true in the Christian life. A lot, a lot of people today sitting in church, they know what they need to do. They know they need to get off the fence. They know they need to make a decision. They know they need to say with Joshua, I, I'm going to choose, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. No more wishy-washy here. No more riding the fence here. I'm all in. I, I'm going bold. I'm making an unashamed commitment to Christ that will result in radical obedience without regard for personal comfort or convenience. I'm making the decision. I'm going bold. What about you? Have you made that decision? Are you as consistent in your Christian walk as you need to be? Or is it more hit and miss, as we sometimes say? Oh, there, there's seasons where I'm, I'm, really, I'm there, but other times, not so much. 
Indecision leads to instability in the Christian life. Instability in the Christian life leads to ineffectiveness. Ineffectiveness leads to walking in defeat. When you're inconsistent, when you're hit and miss, when you're riding the fence, when you're wishy-washy, you know what that does? That opens you up to Satan and his temptation and his attacks. You're vulnerable. You're vulnerable. It leads to defeat. Let's do this. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment this morning. You know, it's one thing to talk about going bold or to know that you need to go bold or that you should go bold. But just knowing those things doesn't necessarily mean that you're committed to living it out. You've got to take the step. You've got to make a decision. You've got to choose. You've got to get off the fence. You've got to decide once and for all. I'm done playing hokey pokey. Part of me in, part of me out. I'm in some of the time, out some of the time. Why do you falter? Why do you, why do you stumble around between two opinions? Choose. Choose. Strive every day to live a consistent Christian life. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. You're going to serve yourself? Or you're going to serve the Lord? You're going to live by your priorities or His priorities? Choose. Going bold involves making a bold decision. And again, for some, it's a, it's a bold step of faith. For others, it's a bold step of obedience. You have some who will follow the Lord in believer's baptism this evening. They've decided. I'm going to take a bold step of obedience and identify with Christ. I want everybody to know about the decision that I've made to place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Choose. Decide. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for how it challenges us to make a decision, to choose. Help us, Lord, to be like Peter and John, who, in spite of adversity, in spite of the fact that they were commanded to shut their mouths, they decided to take a bold step. Sure, it wasn't convenient. Certainly wasn't comfortable. But they chose to speak for you with boldness. Lord, for those here today who are on the fence, who are wishy-washy in their their Christian walk, Lord, help them today to choose who they'll serve. Help us, Lord, to all make that unashamed commitment to Christ that results in radical obedience. Help us, Lord, to be consistent in our walk with you. If there's anyone here today that has never taken that initial bold step of faith, Lord, I pray that you stir that heart today, that by your Holy Spirit and the power of your word, it be drawn to you. Lord, for those who need to take a bold step of obedience, Lord, I pray that you help them to choose, to decide once and for all, I'm in, I'm all in. 
No more hokey pokey for me. I'm all in all the time. Lord, again, I thank you that you took a bold step toward us when you went to the cross and laid down your life taking our sin upon yourself so that we might become the righteousness of God in you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Queen City First Baptist Church. We invite you to come worship with us anytime you're near. We're located at 206 Marietta Street, Queen City, Texas. Visit us online at fbcqc.org.